Welcome back, everyone, to another week here at Drone DJ. Sorry we missed you all last week. As you see, I'm still in the middle of setting up my studio here. Uh, now, circling back to our news updates this week, we've got a new rumored release about DJI's FPV goggles for that uh, senior hoop drone we suspected several weeks ago. Um, then we also have a couple firmware updates from DJI, as well as two new BB loss stories. And of course, this is the week we saw a new product from DJI, the new RS3. It's not a drone, but it is a pretty cool gimbal. And then finally, we have a video of the week for you. So Kirk, let's start with uh, the FPV goggles, because I mm -hmm. don't think I quite got that story. Yeah, so Deals Drone shared an image stating that these that there will be uh, stating that the new images for the DJ uh, DJI Avanta, the kind of the mini Sydney Whoop uh, drone that DJI is uh, rumored to be releasing, and it's obviously a squished down photo uh, in Photoshop type photo of DJI's FPV drone uh, goggles. Um, it's I think after he shared it, another article, another outlet kind of like said that they're clearly fake, and then he kind of like defended like what they are like this is dead they're not actually the photos but this is what they're going to look like so the changes that you can tell are that it's going to be more of a thinner goggle it's not going to be so you know thick uh vertically wise and then instead of having four antennas you kind of like on the the top and bottom on the left and right side so they're going to just have two uh pointing up the top so i don't know how i feel about the antennas they seem a little kind of more out there and easy to break off but uh Maybe that's with that VFPV goggles. They're, they're kind of sticking out anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, it's yeah. not the first time DJI is reusing some of their you know previous controllers or goggles for a different drone, right? So when they're releasing a new one, I wouldn't be surprised they're just mod doing some minor modifications on the previous accessory. I mean, they're good goggles. Like I've heard that they're they're really solid goggles. Like I don't, it doesn't make sense that they wouldn't you know change too much of it. Just kind of maybe like probably make them a little bit smaller. Um, so this is probably going to be more of a a cheaper drone, like probably not like you know a cheap toy drone, but more of like a you know a, a more cost uh, effective drone, I guess you can call it. So, I guess we'll see. I hope it's uh, in line with you know the pricing with Mini Two right now, with five hundred and change. That would be nice. That would be a nice price point to hit, especially for like I mean for Cinewhip, they're relatively small. Like they shouldn't, you know, the cameras are not huge on them and. Probably the biggest part is going to be the goggles um, with having the screens in them and, and whatnot. So that's probably going to be more, more the most expensive part of it versus the uh, the little drone. Yeah, I have to say I wasn't really an FPV person just because the DJI FPV drone, it was fairly large, you know, for me to fly through trees. But mm -hmm. uh, with CineHoop, especially with the enclosed propellers, I would definitely prefer using CineHoop drone for sure. Um, it will be less costly. When I crash, let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I hopefully, hopefully these are going to be pretty durable drones. I mean, uh, whoops are not necessarily meant to be, you know, babied. You know, they're kind of meant to, to kind of get out there and, and get some really interesting shots and, and take some risk with tree branches or, you know, yeah, through sure. windows and stuff like that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this is not going to be like a a five hundred dollar hit a tree branch and you break off one of the the propellers because that'd be really bad. I mean, I think propellers aren't that bad. It's just I hope the um, propeller, the I guess the guard, right? Yeah, the frame. Because yeah. I, I broke my FPV arm on the on the FPV drone oh, no. uh, first couple flights. So that wasn't fun. Okay, going 
Uh, moving on with the story, we did see a couple of uh, firmware updates. So this is one of them on the Mavic 3 firmware update. And there was another one on the Air 2 and Air 2S, which we didn't really see any major changes. Um, but what's interesting on the Mavic 3 update is it says it's to fix the IMU calibration issue. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have an issue with the IMU. Did you? No. I Well, I don't know because I haven't used it in like a week uh, when the 700 firmware came out. I tested to make sure that you know, the GPS issue was fixed, which it was, and kind of looked at a little bit of other settings. And then I kind of like put it away and I actually uh, allowed uh, a friend to borrow it for, for just, you know, testing out and he couldn't get the fly at all because of some, mm. some issue. And I, he didn't really go into detail. I didn't really ask. He just switched over to his air 2s and I, and I used my, one of my other drones um, for, for the, for the work. And maybe this was the issue. Um, I haven't, I haven't updated mine yet, so maybe I can maybe try to replicate the issue and, and maybe this will be it, but pretty much the issue ended up being, you know, your IMU. He had, he had to like recalibrate your IMU before every flight, which for DJI has been fairly solid. Like you had to recalibrate it maybe once, um, Every so often. Well, a quick tip on IMU calibration, you're supposed to do that indoors or at least on a very stable yeah. surface, right? You can't touch the surface or let the drone move when you're doing the IMU calibration. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always a little tricky if you're if you're trying to do it uh, out on the field. Um, yeah, we had a three like uh, we, we we had a three hour almost three hour flight day right after we updated the Mavic three firmware that fixed the GPS issue, uh, and mm. we had no issues with it. Like you know, three hours mm. flight day, everything worked out fine. So I guess it depends on the drone. Yeah, and DJI for for the most part, like you calibrate that thing at the start of your your day or your start of your flight time, and you don't have to do it ever again. It's yeah. really solid. I'll tell you on the other hand, like I have to calibrate it after every, if i want to fly it every single time like it's it's really annoying um but you know dj it's kind of weird yeah that there's an issue with the the imu calibrating but uh it's been fixed hopefully in a in a, in a quick quick update it's happened this one was it wasn't a like we'll, we'll see if we get a fix in two weeks um, <laughs> in two well, months they fixed it before like i even knew it was an yeah. issue <laughs> <laughs> they fixed it before i even knew it was an issue so bravo to dji for for getting a quick firmware out Okay, we've got two more BB loss updates. And I feel like, you know, I feel like we need to have a pool of how many BB loss stories or this delivery stories do we cover until, you know, we actually spot the first drone delivery or have <laughs> one of our audience to have a verified drone delivery by a customer. We I, definitely I, need to start a pool. I'll have to start, I'll have to talk with Scott, who was before me, and see if he ever had anyone talk to him about it because I've, Ever since, yeah, for the past year, I have never heard known or have seen any sort of, you know, uh, BV loss when it comes to drone delivery or a drone in the box type operation. Like, never. So I have no, like, I'm super excited for the people who get to test these things out, but I don't see anyone sharing it. So. Especially, I mean, with this, it says Amazon is to begin free drone delivery service in California. You would think, you know, those people are probably more um, social media savvy, right, than the mm -hmm. most of us. So you would think with uh, this new update, maybe very soon we would see customers actually posting drone delivery photos or videos. I wonder, uh, yeah, I wonder maybe it's getting closer. I don't know what city it's in. 
it seems like it was in a smaller city. I mean, you looked up the city. I don't yeah, Lock, uh, Lockport, Lockport, California. And I did check. So this is uh, about 100 miles east of uh, uh, San Francisco. So not along mm. the coastline. So not yeah. not really with um, the major population. Not right? really. Yeah. So maybe maybe these people just like don't use it. Like maybe they're like going to these issues and they're getting like one or two or something like that a week. It's so, like no one does <laughs> yeah. it. And uh, like it says, the service is expected to launch sometime later this year. <laughs> yeah, okay. So maybe probably next year. But very promising. <laughs> very promising to say sometime later this year because that's that's always like a, uh, we're going to do it. Just we te- Something technically is not working right. Um, uh, so. Well, you know, we can see there's a related article in here already. Amazon delivery drone crash sparked acres of wildfire in Oregon. So that's not mm-hmm. really a good news for drone delivery. Um, yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, you're going to have these hiccups early, early on. And that was an interesting story. That happened like, well, that was a few months ago, but um, actually that happened like a year ago. And then the story came out who it was like a few months ago, but I don't know. It's like, uh, we'll get it eventually. Maybe one day I'll come to Milwaukee area. Like, I feel like we're a small enough, we're a small enough city to where like it would make sense to move yeah. into a major population. Like we're a large enough population, but we're not like Chicago. Like, so I don't know. Maybe we'll get it. And I feel like that's an interesting accident as well, because normally people worried about, you know, drones crashing down, hurting someone, right? Crashing into cars, mm. damaging someone's properties, but causing, you know, acres wide wildfire. I mean, that's pretty scary to me because, you know, forest fire, it's actually pretty dangerous. So originally yeah. you would think it's low risk to test flights in acres of forest because no one is there. But if mm-hmm. you start a wildfire, if you have a crash, I mean, those batteries in the drone, the, if you use lithium polymer batteries, um, they really, they, they, they burn white fire, right? They're white hot. So the temperature is really high. And I guess depending on which season you're testing this, um, that aspect, you know, I have to say to me, I, now that I think about it, yeah, that's pretty high risk. And it is pretty dry out west. Uh, I just saw something today about it. I guess there's a drought or something like that still going on. Um out west or at least there's drought conditions so it doesn't really matter where you're going to be flying that it's going to be probably relatively dry um grass and dry foliage so um yeah that hopefully we don't effective. see a lot of this more hopefully that was kind of like a you know an issue that they had fixed so. or maybe we start seeing you know instead of drones carrying parachutes maybe they start carrying some kind of um a fire extinguisher on board i, I think mean, that may be more useful there are like technologies where like if it gets hot enough like some like there's like little balls that you can throw into like a dumpster fire that like once it gets hot enough it explodes and it's like kind of like a fire extinguisher like grenade so yeah. like, there's definitely something you can add in here. I wonder like what I don't I didn't look and see like what caused that crash, but like, I wonder like I mean, <sighs> crashes. I mean, it could be anything. It could be a GPS issue. It could be like I mean, you when you know. when you're talking about a a, a human piloted you know uh, drone, not, not even drone or aircraft, like a bird strike or a um, any sort of issue with the with the equipment can kind of be like fixed while you're flying it because you're you're flying the aircraft, but like with a drone. Like because they're smaller, and like there's not a whole lot of more redundancy unless you're talking about like eight, you know, eight rotor, you know, drones. Like if you hit a bird and it like takes out one of your rotors or it takes out an airframe, like your thing is going down. It's going, it's going to crash. And plus, this is an experimental prime air delivery, right? When it yeah. comes to testing, it's always you're trying to find out what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost certain tests are you're going out deliberately looking for trouble, right? Yeah. 
It's definitely a, it's going to be such a big challenge to overcome, but it looks like more and more companies are seeing some success with growth in, in adding more delivery areas like Walmart down in, you know, down the South, adding more areas where they're going to do deliveries. So um, it's obviously they're, they're overcoming the problems. And I find it always interesting to compare accident data, not just to say, hey, drones can cause accidents, but mm-hmm. how about comparing that to vehicle delivery? What's the accident rate there? Right. Mm. What about, you know, air delivery was the fatal rate there. Right. So I think it's relativity. Relevance is always key. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of delivery drivers out there. I wonder, you know, like there's got to be a lot of a good amount of accidents. But, you know, in what is it compared to drones? So. So do we trust the drones or do we trust drivers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, another story on beyond visual line of sight flight, and this is one of my personal interests is drawing the box because you mm-hmm. know I'm so into private uh, property security, right? <laughs> I want to have the drones patrolling my, my I can see you on your, little, on your compound just having drones just fly out and just do security right? for you. <laughs> well, you know, first thing I'm going to put up is I'm, I'm going to put up signs along the entrance to say areas patrolled by drones. <laughs> no trespassers allowed. I did see a taser drone uh talked about earlier this week so you know you can even if someone does get in you have a taser so yeah there you go, go, go well, definitely first thing i want is a, a public announcement system on the drone right mm-hmm. <laughs> and yelling at the trespassers get off my property <laughs> uh so yeah. this is i believe i mean to me this is the fourth drone in the box system i've seen and uh, we're still expecting dji's drone in the box system um they said Q4 this year, so towards end of the year. Um, but I did see two other drone in the box solutions, and this one specifically has a part the FAA uh, BB loss waiver. Mm-hmm. So that should be that should definitely be interesting to see. And I feel like you know if we talk about beyond visual line of sight on a large open site where it's contained, it's easier to geofence and to program your drone. It's more of a, a, a contained testing environment. Mm-hmm. Right. Rather than just say going out to fly through, you know, uh, thousands of kilometers or acres. This is yeah, much easier than like trying to figure out like, OK, you, this is where you take off, but go find this address and deliver a package there. Like you're not necessarily like learning to drive traverse like neighborhoods and get around trees. You, you kind of like know where everything is um, and you can kind of like get pretty good at, at, you know, avoiding. Hey, there's a tree here. That tree's going to stay here for like ever. So like, don't fly around this area of this tree. You know, like yeah, kind of like a small version of a uh, of like a VFR sectional like chart of like you know all mm-hmm. the obstacles that are in the area. Just avoid, just avoid these. So, and yeah, there's a lot of places that would totally use this. Even even more smaller places that like if you don't want to like have someone go check the roof of like your building. You know, you just have a little drone that pops up and checks the roof of your building. Like if even if you're downtown or something like that. So And I find business wise, it's easier for me to calculate really return mm-hmm. on investment. Because I know how much it costs me if I want to hire private security or how much it costs me a year to have a private security guard. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to calculate return on investment for sure. Oh, easily. Yeah. So along the new product news we did see a new product release from dji and uh, this week is not a drone it is the dji rs3 which is the running um gimbal uh, i had uh, i still have the original running somewhere in my studio like the original running uh, i have to say my team really thought this new rs3 looks interesting and one of the mm-hmm. main reasons is actually because of this new lidar rangefinder 
right? So Alex, from yeah. my technical side, he's really excited about the rangefinder, especially, you know, focus is always a big thing for video, especially if you move around with the gimbal. Uh, yeah. So accurate focus tracking is definitely important. Yeah, and, and they kind of changed up the, the naming scheme. So there's no longer, so we had the RSC2 and the RS2, and the RSC2 is kind of the smaller version of it. And now it's just the RS3 and RS3 Pro makes a little bit more sense. Um, definitely, definitely a little bit more of a, a you know, uh, a simpler naming scheme. And the RS three is pretty is pretty much what the RSC two was, kind of like the bigger brother of it. And then the RS three Pro is kind of what the larger version of it. So, um, and, and I my favorite part interesting because if you I, I don't know if you saw some of the original gimbals like the first free flight gimbal that goes mm-hmm. on a bigger drone or the uh, DJI original Ronin because they were more of a cage design mm. and then your handheld is on the cage so mm. when you work on the film set for like 10 12 hours a day it's always challenging because the entire weight is on your arms yeah. so either you work the body system right um to basically distribute the weight to your back or it just makes it carry it really challenging but mm. if you look at um the newer gimbal design like the rs2 or rs3 you know the weight is you're carrying it by the handle and then you have the whole camera on the, the gimbal platform suspended at the front. So it makes it easier to carry on set for sure. Yeah, this is actually it's perfect timing that this came out this week because I'm I'm more of a photography person, so we don't really use gimbals for photography. Um, I know some people who do, I just I don't. Um, but I over the weekend I did some video work for the first time with with a friend of mine who needed a second shooter, and I got to use and I used the RS2. Um, for a few hours in the morning and so I kind of like I'm like I already like oh man like okay, I guess I finally know like what the RS2 is like so I can get to kind of finally figure out like what the RS3 would be nice to have and one of the things that I saw that was kind of super cool was the uh, the auto locking you can like press a button and it kind of like locks up all the uh, the arms for transportation instead of like fidgeting with all the locks to get it all back into place and undoing them and um, I hopefully the balancing would be a little bit easier on this I mean the uh Carbon fiber is great for lightweight, but it's also not extremely smooth to like get fine, slow movement of the, especially that uh, that back arm to kind of like balance it. It was like put a whole bunch of weight against it, and all of a sudden, like I just need to move it like a quarter of an inch, and I just it slips and goes like an inch and a half. It takes practice <laughs> it for does. sure. Any gimbal, it's like the old school Steadicam, right? It takes practice mm-hmm. to get to know how to move with it. Uh, to kind of compensate for um, sometimes like for for the gimbals is the z-axis it's up mm-hmm. and down axis that you have to compensate for but yeah it's, it's like a certain pattern you have to walk <laughs> yeah yeah it was a whole lot of learning experience so like, I, i'm excited to see if uh, if you have to get some hands on with the rs3 one day in the future if i if i ever decide to get one or you know um, what i to me i don't need more biceps i'm happy with my osmo pocket too <laughs> <laughs> i saw someone with his, uh, one of the guys who uh did an interview with Elon Musk over the weekend. He he literally recorded his whole, the entire interview with an iPhone and Osmo Pocket, like the entire thing, which was interesting. So yeah, I love um, the Osmo Pocket. It's great. Um, you just it carry it around, and, and and the thing is, it's also inconspicuous. It's great for vlogging because people mm-hmm. don't even notice you're doing it, right? That's true. That's true. Does that do? Does that shoot vertical or no? <sighs> no, I don't believe okay. you know. I I I don't shoot vertical on it. So mm. I'm not sure if he has or if now, there's a new firmware update. Um, that's how I can see with the new pocket. Because I think there's rumor of a new pocket coming out this year. Um, 
Yeah, because not the Osmo Mobiles. I think it's the Osmo. Well, all you have to okay, all you all they have to do is take the gimbal and the camera down from Mini Three. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, all you have to do is use the Mini Three gimbal and camera, and you're there. You go, and you have the vertical mode. It's perfect. I I would buy that like in a heartbeat. You know, yep. like it's a it's a great camera. All you gotta do is put that on a mobile on a, a little handheld thing. Yeah, the, I'm in. Cut me in for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got a video of the week for everyone, uh, and I'll I'll share with you in a second why I thought this video was interesting. So this is a test video of a eVTOL Air Taxi. So essentially, this is the Air Taxi a lot of us had been you know waiting for. So let me start. There we go. And it's really interesting to see, you know, everything they've added in here with the, um, we can go ahead and play it while, while we talk over it, but yeah, like, let me stop the audio. Uh, there we go. So just the yeah. one thing I wanted to mention before we move along is I really like the, they're displaying, uh, the specs, yes. um, some of the test specs, you know, I, like to me from a research perspective, anytime you're showing test video, you have to disclose your specs or at least whatever specs you're able to, to disclose to the public. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, the test video doesn't really make any sense to the audience. So if we look at here, it has, you know, proof of concept, has the make and model, uh, regular transmission test flight, uh, has the date. What's interesting is if you look at the takeoff time. So Alex earlier was pointing out to say it's only 7.5 minutes for the duration. But if you look at the range, 14 kilometers, and I said, where are you going to go in any major city? 14 kilometers you know, in under 7.5 minutes. I don't think you can do that in any major city, right? I mean, not even on like a bike. I mean, not even like, I know some New Yorkers who just, you know, they're really good at riding bikes around town, but I don't think you can get that far on a bike. So so if you need to go from point A to point B ASAP, um, then this definitely shows the value in air taxi for sure. Really, yeah, I, I was thinking this would, this would be really nice if one of these companies like demoed this at CES. <laughs> because like coming from the hotel to because we got a further away hotel because they've they, you know saved money but like you know to go from like the whole like the hotel there on like one of these things would be a breeze um i mean and they have uh uh tesla's uh not bar tesla's but boring companies you know hyperloop or not hyperloop boring just the boring company tunnel with the teslas and uh that was cool but that only goes around um uh the the convention center but like nothing to like the other hotels yeah like shuttle like, this for shuttle yeah like there's there's you have to get on a bus pretty much but this would be like really cool for them to start demoing this there um Agreed. if it's ready so yeah i mean ehong is doing a lot of that uh, in southeast asia for tourism right for sightseeing mm -hmm. uh, and i have to say personally i prefer this configuration than ehong's configuration because if you look at ehong's the propellers are closer to the passenger and personally, yeah, yeah. I don't really like that. I like to sit in that. Like, if you look at this, it's enclosed cabin. And just count how many propellers. It's one, two, three, four. It's eight propellers on the top. And plus, it has a forward propeller, forward pushing propeller at the back. Uh, yeah. So that does make me feel a bit safer, I have to say. Yeah, it seems a lot more like one yeah, you have redundancy in the propellers. So, like, in case you're not worried about something breaking or, or failing. Um and you're yeah, you're not like you're not like watching it turn like you know inches away, uh, hoping that like it doesn't like just <laughs> something happens and you're and you're in the propeller. So it was also it was also really cool to see all the data they had on this because yeah um, yeah I I I really like that. So without, if you're a geek, if you're a geek like us, then definitely watch the video. I mean, even just for like I mean, just showing the video from like 
uh from the sky or just from from the inside like i mean even the inside camera is super cool so you can kind of get to see like yeah. what you're i like the multi-camera like action for sure like it the makes the nice me big way screen the in the video, middle like yeah. the the you know the view isn't like i mean his view is only facing forward so um and you can see now how like the rotors like kind of like lock and like you know stop and kind of go and lock in yeah because it's cruising cool. so that actually that saves um that saves energy for sure yeah yeah, so it's kind of cool that you can kind of see that in this video, and hopefully, I wish um you know one of the next videos they can kind of like have like something that moves around, like maybe like uh put like a remote controlled gimbal in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean maybe if you get super far away, you might be able to, not be able to control it, but at least to be able to point off like what the view looks like from the bottom window from the side or something like that because it does look super cool up there. This makes me want to sit in one. I have yes. to say, you know, like most most of the air taxis, I'm afraid to say anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the videos also like they look just super like basic. Like they're just, it's a, is it flying around for a little bit? It's a couple, it's like usually just like a minute or something like that. And this you one know, look, looks yeah, very more like, yeah, we've got our stuff like together. Like this is a long duration flight. This is going to be probably longer than most of their flights. Probably. That's a good point. Because, you know what, for the audience or for the potential customers, you're building up confidence about the team behind it, mm-hmm. not just looking at the air taxi flying, right? This actually gives, this is actually a really good marketing strategy, I have to say, because it really helps to build confidence about the brand and the team behind the product. Mm-hmm. The only thing would be nice to see more would be more of the cabin, like see how flushed out their cabin is. Um, mm-hmm. Like as you can see the screen there, um, but like we want to see what seats they are, like what's the seating arrangement in there? Um, I wonder if they don't show. I wonder if it's because they didn't finish all the interior design. Yeah, like that, which is totally fair if they haven't. I mean, it's still in development, and that's probably one of the last things they're going to do is kind of put together the interior, um, since that's the less technical part of it, other Mm -hmm. than probably weight. But um, it's nice to at least see like the the TV and be like, oh yeah, like they've they're far along. Like they they even have like kind of like the start of the interior going. So which you don't see a lot of other than renders with other companies. Or mock go all the way to the end. Okay. Yeah, there's no interior showing. It just goes to landing. Yeah, and no, you can't really see through the window either. I mean, it looks like there could be seats through the through the glass, but I can't really tell. Um, well, well I'll put um, the video link in the description down below. And let me stop sharing. There we go. Okay. So that's all the news we've got for you this week. Uh, just to quickly recap, I mean, look at my cheat sheet. I can't even remember all the stories we covered. Uh, so we talked about the leak uh, of DJI's potential, you know, Cine Hoop FPV drone, uh, the goggles. We talked about the leak for the goggles that's going to be compatible with the drone. We looked at a couple of new firmware updates from DJI for Mavic 3 and the Air 2 and Air 2S. Um, we covered two more Beyond Visual Line of Sight stories. And just so everyone knows, we're going to start the pool on how many stories do we cover until someone spots, you know, an actual drone delivery. Uh, we talked about the new RS3 product from DJI, the new gimbal. And then at the end, we watched a very promising, you know, air taxi. And hopefully at some point, me and Kirk get to sit in one. So that's all the news we got for you this week. And we will see you all back here next week.